Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. Mama. That's right. This is my mom. And Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Tuesday, December 19th. Good morning and welcome back to another edition of Morning Air. I'm John Morales along with Glenn Leverins and studio producer Sarah Tafoya. Thank you so much for joining us. It is great to be with you on this Tuesday, the third week of Advent here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. How's your Advent going so far with only six more days until Christmas? Let's remember the reason for the season, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and we are absolutely going to talk about it uh, much more uh, in this uh, show. We uh, know we're really getting close because on December 17th, the Catholic Church began praying the O Antiphons, which are actually more than a thousand years old. I'm sure most people are familiar with the Antiphons uh, because of uh, the verses in the popular Advent song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, that Sarah is playing here uh, in the background. In fact, in Latin, it's Veni, Veni, Emmanuel, uh, and that's from the O Antiphons, uh, the short prayers uh, that we do every single year at this time. I spoke to our spiritual director, Father James Kabicki, about this ancient Catholic tradition of the O Antiphons during Advent. We have these special verses called the O Antiphons, and they appear in the daily Mass when right before the Gospel we have the Alleluia, and there's a little verse uh, between the two Alleluias that we sing. And then they also appear in the Breviary or the Divine Office, the Prayer of the Church, in the evening when we pray Vespers and pray Evening Prayer, we pray the Magnificat of Mary, and the verse that uh, begins and ends the Magnificat is one of these O antiphons, which are a wonderful way, if our listeners have access to them, to pray with them every day as a way of anticipating Christmas and with a sense of longing for Jesus to come into our lives in a deeper way this Christmas. O come, O come, Emmanuel. I want to also remind you that a relevant radio fan favorite has returned for Advent. The Merry Beggars presents Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol for the second year in a row to guide you through your Advent journey. True to the original text, this updated audio Advent calendar lets you just jump straight into the action of this wholesome, intriguing, and delightful classic. You can uh, subscribe this morning. It's still not too late to receive uh, these daily episodes uh, for free at adventwithscrooge.com. That's adventwithscrooge.com. Want to bring in uh, Glenn and Sarah. Glenn, what are a few of the big stories making headlines on this Tuesday morning? In Texas, Governor Greg Abbott says a new state law is meant to stop, quote, a tidal wave of illegal immigration from other countries. The governor signed Senate Bill 4 into law yesterday in front of a section of border wall in Brownsville. The new law requires Texas enforcement officers to arrest illegal immigrants with a potential prison term of up to 20 years for repeat offenders. Several organizations planning a challenge, a legal challenge, to try and keep that law from going into effect. That would start in March, uh, another tool the governor trying to use to, uh, again, stop the wave of illegal immigration there. 
And uh, we have seen politicians on both sides of the aisle really concerned uh, about uh, what you just described as this tidal wave. Uh, normally, uh, a, a thousand immigrants in a day is, is considered uh, a, a crisis, but right now it's around 12,000 a day. So it, it's obviously a, a big concern uh, for both uh, Republicans and, and some Democrats as, as well. Yeah, we we cannot really imagine that, you know, and that's uh, that's just a lot a lot of people uh, with the, you know a lot of a lot of people that are really suffering, looking for a better life, and uh, also maybe some some bad actors sneaking in with them as well. Yeah, it, and it obviously uh, has a, a humanitarian crisis aspect to it, uh, with uh, so many people going through uh, such hard times just to seek a, a better opportunity. Um, Glenn, the other story, obviously, that was really big in the news, it was all over uh, social media, the mainstream media, and obviously uh, Catholic media as well, uh, with the Vatican issuing uh, new guidance uh, on the topic of blessings of same-sex attracted people. Um, Glenn, uh, can you uh, give us a perspective on uh, what, what the Vatican was trying to do? Yeah, from the USCCB's news website, says the Vatican offered a narrow set of conditions under which a priest or deacon could give a blessing to a same-sex or other unmarried couple, making it clear the Church does not consider their unions a marriage, but also recognizing how anyone can ask for a blessing when they're seeking God's assistance, mercy, and grace. Unfortunately, uh, it, it's uh, not clear to a lot of folks. Uh, there, there was a lot of confusion, and uh, in fact, uh, the the Associated Press uh, and uh, CNN uh, reported on it. And you know, those headlines can really uh, you know be misleading. Uh, I'll give you an example: the the AP reported uh, this way: uh, Pope Francis formally approved letting Catholic priests bless same-sex couples. The Vatican announced Monday a radical shift in policy uh, that aimed at making the church more inclusive while maintaining its strict ban on gay marriage. Uh, again, you know, you read just the headline, and that's what some people do when they skim through the news, and uh, not everybody's getting the full picture. Very confusing. It, it, it quite honestly is. And, uh, you know, that's where we're happy to have Relevant Radio here to help give you the unspun version of uh, news from the Vatican all the way down to your local parish. And uh, it's important to kind of dig into this to, to understand it. Uh, you know, one one way of looking at it might be that, uh, you know, people being blessed, but not activity being blessed. Absolutely. Uh, it was a super interesting conversation yesterday afternoon. I didn't catch all of it, but I caught uh, quite a bit of uh, Father Robert Gall, Associate Professor of Church Management at Catholic University of America. He had quite a, a discussion uh, with uh, Drew on the Drew Mariani Show yesterday afternoon. Here's part of that conversation. When we see those headlines, Pope authorizes blessing of same-sex couples. What most people understand that to mean is that he is, that blessing is somehow approving of and authorizing and even making holy that same-sex union in itself. Right. When that, that's exactly contrary to what the document says, so it's, it's entirely misleading. What the document is saying instead is that what can be done for people who are in some irregular situation, meaning a couple that hasn't been married and they're living together, or a couple that they're both divorced and remarried civilly. Well, with respect to these people, what the Pope is saying with this new document is a priest can invoke a request of grace upon them. 
And that's very different from saying that he's authorizing their union, or authorizing that which is sinful in the union. The document speaks of an actual grace that can be conferred through this blessing. Actual graces are those graces that are given to us by God himself so that we can convert, so we can turn to him, so we can avoid sin. And so this invocation of a blessing can, can be seen also as a preparation for someone who's on a path of conversion towards the sacrament of confession. The Church has always indicated sexual activity must only be in marriage, where it is holy and wholesome and life-giving. And any other use of sexual activity is inappropriate, and the Pope hasn't changed any of it. What he said is that the Church welcomes everyone to conversion. We are all welcome to conversion, to holiness, and that priests can give informal blessings that aren't in any way publicly recognized as anything like marriage or recognition of that state in order to help people to convert. Ah, so that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, <laughs> that clarifies it a lot. It has nothing to do with what we jump to conclusions about. But hey, it's asking for, hey, can we have some grace because we need to do better? And that's all something every single one of us needs. We all need extra uh, grace, oodles and oodles of grace uh, for sure. So uh, again, if anybody missed uh, that conversation um, between Father Robert Gall and uh, our uh, very own Drew Mariani, uh, they can go to uh, the podcast. Uh, Sarah, there's sure. also... Yeah, it's uh, the best of the week. So you can go to relevantradio.com and find best of the week there. You can also find it on the app. I also posted a link to this on our uh, social media. So on our Facebook and our um, X account for Morning Air, you'll be able to find a link straight to the best of the week and you hear the whole conversation. Sounds good. On a much uh, lighter and happier note, uh, today is National Hard Candy Day. I love Yay. all kinds of candy, hard or soft. <laughs> Yay. So grandmothers' purses ought to be filled across the nation today, right, with that hard candy. Uh, Glenn, you know, I got some of that in my purse. Don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> what no, does that say moms, about me? <laughs> moms, moms and grandmas. grandmas. You know, okay. Here, okay. this will make the kid quiet. Here, suck on this for a while, Junior. And, oh, uh, you know. man. So you guys got a favorite, though? You know, is it the butterscotch or the peppermint stuff or what? Uh, good question. Uh, as long as it's sugary, I'm good. Okay, so you don't discriminate. That's good. That's good to know. <laughs> I'll take anything. You know what? Um, a favorite hard candy in our household is a cough drop because um, they're always stealing the cough drops, claiming they have a sore throat. It's really hard to know the difference because you're not inside that person's throat. But I have most of the time that the, those cherry cough drops are just hard candy, though. That's so funny. I always keep a, a, a couple uh, emergency cough drops in, in the back pocket. To just you never to, know when you're going to have exactly. a little uh, tickle in the back of the throat. How about you, Glenn? What's your favorite? Well, you know, as far as like if you're going to kind of really get into hard candy, and some people will even make this at home, but the old school, the red stuff, the anise candy, I love that flavor. And then I remember, you know, I've talked about this with my nativity set in the past, kind of built one piece at a time, like the old Johnny Cash song about, uh, you know, borrowing <laughs> a piece of car from the factory. But uh, from Sunday school, little kids, every year you get one piece of this nativity set. And after, you know, we're talking about eighth grade, we've we got a nice nativity set built up but we'd we'd go home with that in this little box this little blue cardboard box of a uh, hard candy and one of the pieces in there usually would be a big chunk of ribbon candy which you, you, know, you really got to look i think to to see anymore kind of hard to find but uh, the old old school stuff was in there so that's uh, that's what i think of when i think of hard candy uh, what about lollipops 
Well, those are definitely hard, uh, and they are wrapped. But I don't know. I don't know what the qualifications are for hard candy. We're gonna have to do I some think research. They're included, actually. You think so? I, okay. I, I'm just doing some very, uh, you know, uh, cursory research. I, I discovered that there's actually a, a record for the all-time largest lollipop, if you can believe it. It measured four feet eight point seven five inches wow, long and feet. three feet six inches wide. Uh, that is it. One large lollipop for uh, those out good. there who have a very sweet tooth. Yeah, that's Involve good. a lot of sticky fingers there. Yeah. Well, that's going to take that uh, one owl who's still trying to get to the center of the Tootsie <laughs> Roll Pop. A lot more than three licks, I'll say that. Like I said, hard or soft, uh, you know, I definitely have a sweet tooth. In fact, yesterday I snuck a couple of really, I don't even know what they were. I think they were truffles. They were really little chocolate things. They were delicious as I was making my... Uh, Cup of coffee up there in the uh, in the in the in the kitchen here at Relevant Radio. Okay, I got a little confession time on here, John. Keep some of that for later. I like it. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll uh, chat more hard candy uh, next hour. Thanks as always. Hey, sounds good, guys. All right. Um, first things first. Uh, we always start every morning as uh, we always do. Always. Uh, in prayer, always giving thanks to our Lord for all of the many blessings. We always pray through the intercession of our Blessed Mother Mary, the Mother of God. And of course, we continue to pray uh, for peace in the Middle East and peace in Ukraine. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of relevant radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of relevant radio, pray for us. And every morning we always invoke the Holy Spirit, uh, the executive producer of this show, and we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And uh, don't forget your guardian angel. I really try not to forget my guardian angel. And on Tuesdays, I always take just a brief moment to to remind you to pray to your guardian angel. Uh, even though we don't see them, they're definitely out there. These heavenly companions are with us, and we should ask our guardian angel for help in our everyday lives. So don't forget the guardian angel. Our power scripture from the playbook of life this morning is from Jeremiah 29, 13. The Old Testament prophet says, You shall seek me and shall find me when you shall seek me with all your heart. During these final days of Advent, this scripture is a reminder of the importance of seeking the baby Jesus, the Lord of the universe, who came to us as Emmanuel, God with us, with all of our heart. This is what Advent is all about. It's giving Jesus, the Lord, your entire heart. It's about seeking Christ with everything you got, all your heart, and making Jesus, the Lord, number one, and then everything else falls into place. And we always pray with great confidence that powerful prayer from the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. We need to take a short break. When we come back, our tech expert, Mark Mastriani, will uh, join us uh, for uh, the final Tech Tuesday of the year to uh, discuss an interesting topic about uh, computer programming. So stay with us as uh, this Tuesday edition of Morning Air continues here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'd get it one piece at a time, and it wouldn't cost me a dime. 
you guys could see as Sarah she is uh, in full dance mode that that is a great great rock and roll Christmas song welcome back to morning air I'm John Morales along with Glenn and producer Sarah thank you so much for joining us on this Tuesday morning here in the third week of Advent on relevant radio and the relevant radio app once again if you love Christmas music we've got it for you all you have to do is go to the Relevant Radio app or at relevantradio.com. Uh, uh, we've got lots of different options uh, for you. You're going to find hours of beautiful carols and hymns, real, authentic Christmas music, secular and traditional, to get you all ready for Christmas. Look for the Christmas in Song banner available on the Relevant Radio app and at relevantradio.com. I guarantee you this will get Get you in the Christmas uh, mood here uh, with just days uh, to go. You can uh, always find us on social media, our handle on X, formerly Twitter, at Morning Air Show, as well as on Facebook. Also, if you want to send us an email directly, it's morningair at relevantradio.com. And now it's time for another edition of Tech Tuesday. Ready to assist you. Okay. Okay. Be careful, little robot. Uh, the field of computer science is headed for a major upheaval with the rise of large AI models such as ChatGPT that are capable of performing general-purpose reasoning and problem-solving. There are some who believe that we are headed for a future in which it will no longer be necessary to actually write computer programs. Joining us live uh, this morning is our tech expert and longtime Morning Air contributor, Mark Mastriani, with much more uh, on uh, the end of uh, programming. Mark is a passionate Catholic dad, husband with 20 plus years of technology, new product development experience for all things faith and tech. You can always follow Mark on X, formerly Twitter, at God Loves Tech. I want to open up the phone lines here. So if uh, any of you uh, agree that um, computer science is uh, going to be radically uh, shrinking in the next five to 10 years, we'd love to, to get your uh, perspective. If you want to chime in, we're taking your calls for our tech expert, Mark Mastriani, uh, on our toll-free line sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. It's 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Good morning, Mark. Happy Advent once again. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. It is great to be with you uh, for the last Tech Tuesday of 2023. Yeah, happy Gaudate week. I'm still uh, wearing my rose and, and uh, celebrating in a very positive way today. I love it. I wore my rose yesterday for the same reason, the rose striped shirt that I wear like once a year. <laughs> we can, Yeah, real men wear rose. There you go. I love it. I love, uh, yeah, uh, a, a rose as opposed to pink. That's it. That's okay. it. All right. Salmon. Now, I'm okay with salmon. 
this this topic <laughs> is a little bit above my pay grade, so I'm going to need your help to to walk me and our listeners uh, through it. Can can you uh, give us a recap of uh, the uh, one full year of mainstream AI, like OpenAI uh, tools, GPT four, and the uh, Dolly E? You got it. So uh, if you've been following Tech Tuesday, I'm going to give a recap just walking down memory lane over the last 12 months. We have been given, the mainstream uh, U.S. population has been given access to large language models. These are uh, artificial intelligence is the broader term. Think of artificial intelligence like plumbing. (laughs) It's a broad term. And your kitchen sink and your disposal and your shower are very specific applications of plumbing. Well, large language models are a very specific application of artificial intelligence. Okay. And what is a large language model? It allows you and I, average people, to ask a computer a question and to get an answer back in our natural language. So many language models are being developed in other languages other than English. But let's imagine for a moment that you feed a computer all the English that's ever been spoken or written, okay? (laughs) And based on all of that English, right, you now have a, uh, let's call it a six- or seven-year-old child who can mimic back the same English that you have given it. Uh, It can recognize a question that it has seen before. It can give you back several answers that are uh, applicable to that question. It's uh, parroting back to you what you fed it over the last six years. Well, something very unique has occurred in the last 12 months. In the last 12 months, not only is, are these large language models that have been fed every piece of the English language that we can get our hands on through human history, uh, they're not just parroting back to us what we expect. They can generate, generate unique answers based on all of the information that it's digested, yes, but also anticipate what we would like to read. Let's say you ask it, what is the best possible outcome for the National Football League team, the Baltimore Ravens this year? What do you think the best possible outcome will be? Well, it'll analyze the current performance of the Baltimore Ravens based on everything that's been written. And then it'll say, based on everything I've seen, I believe the Baltimore Ravens have the best chance to win the Super Bowl this year. Okay. So the last statement is generative. It is taking a leap beyond what can be predicted based on everything that's been written thus far. So that's just a quick example. And I would imagine just like uh, the human uh, sports writers, uh, the computer obviously uh, can be wrong. Exactly. Exactly. So we do need humans in the loop is the popular phrase. You want humans in the loop for, for regulatory and cybersecurity reasons. But you also just want to check <laughs> this now. This six-year-old is, uh, imagine you, you were uh, parenting a six-year-old and then all of a sudden you turn around and it's a 16-year-old <laughs> who's generating their own ideas based off of the questions you've been written, you've been writing. So that's really 
the phenomena that we've been seeing over the last 12 months. This six-year-old has really leaped in, in performance and capabilities and idea generation to a teenager, which you still need to uh, watch out for. Now, there are reports that this teenager is a very special teenager, that this teenager can actually pass uh, standardized exams, you know, a medical licensing exam or, or um, the LSAT, <laughs> right? So it's a very special teenager, but it still requires our, our oversight. Well, there are some now in the field of computer science that are saying because of this very special teenager, these large language models that can digest and then spit back uh, verbal answers, these large language models have now been trained on how to write computer software, okay? So uh, there are tools called Copilot that many software engineering firms have been using for the last year. Imagine Copilot is a lot like Google search. When you start typing a question in Google search, Google search will anticipate the next word you, they, it thinks that you will write. Uh, please tell me uh, the number of people in North and it'll write in the blank America, okay? So it anticipates the rest of your statement. Well, Copilot does the same thing, but in computer software. You're writing a command with your keyboard and it gives you the next 10 characters that it thinks you're going to type. And this is great for software developers. It reduces the amount, the, the chances of manual error typing those last 10 characters. A lot of what we do in computer engineer, uh, software engineering is making sure that uh, computer software does what we expected it to do and communicates to other computer software very well. Well, well Mark, lecture, uh, yep. Keith uh, has, has a lot of experience uh, in um, the uh, the computer development uh, business. Uh, he's joining us this morning from uh, Wisconsin. Uh, Keith, uh, welcome to Morning Air. Uh, you're on with uh, Mark Mastriani. Uh, yeah, thanks for taking my call. Um, first, let me say, I'm sure Mark is a few levels above me in terms of his understanding of this, but just basically, uh, you know, I've done a lot of coding in my life. And when, when you think about the fact that well, for starters, as you were just saying now, test cases, right? I mean, there's like test-driven development. Well, if you couple the ability of it to – coding is a language, right? And as we've seen with, you know, other languages like um, chatbot, <laughs> they're very good at languages. So if it knows a language and then you combine that with machine learning, where, for example, you have like um, jets, fighter jets. I just saw a special on that, right? They can, you know, and all it knows is its controls, up, down, left, right. And it just tries a billion different things, and it finds what's best. And if you, if you took a machine that could not only basically master a language, so it's writing poetry when we're hacking in the, in the computer language, combined with mm -hmm. the ability to execute billions of test cases, Anything it produces is going to be far superior to humans. And it's almost ironic because we're coding ourselves out of work. <laughs> we really are. That's my thought. I'd like to hear your opinion on that. But I think, yeah, it's a very bad field to be in. <laughs> well, 
Uh, Keith, you're touching on something that's very important, and I think that will persist even beyond mature large language models helping us with computer software uh, design and writing, and you're talking about the testing of the software that's being used. What we're often, what we're, there are predictions from professors and lecturers in computer science this week at Harvard University CS50 course that said you will have a product manager who knows what you want the software to do and tells the large language model in human language what the software is needed to do from start to finish. And then you would have a human in the loop to make sure that what the product manager put in is coming out. And it's faster to let a large language model do this than a human. It, it costs about a 12 cents per minute for a large language model to do this versus $1,200 a minute for an elite senior level software programmer. So that's the, that's the vision of some. I think we need to have that human in the loop. We have the virtues, we have prudence, knowledge and understanding. We have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I do believe there is hope for us going forward. It's just something we're going to need to watch and talk more about here on Future Tech Tuesdays. Thanks so much, uh, Keith. Mark, uh, we are uh, just out of time. There's so much more we could say about this, but really uh, appreciate uh, your uh, expertise, your perspective. And uh, we do know that humans uh, will uh, still be needed in uh, 2024. Amen. Many blessings to you, my friend, and a Merry Christmas, Mark. Merry Christmas. God bless you. God bless you, too. Mark Mastriani, our tech expert for all things uh, faith and tech. You can follow Mark on X, formerly Twitter, at God Loves Tech. We need to take uh, a short pause when Morning Air continues. Licensed marriage and family therapist Doug Hinder will be with us to continue his series on how to improve your marriage all by yourself without your spouse even knowing what you're doing. This morning, we're going to continue discussing how to forgive our spouses. So stay with us. There's much more to come on this Tuesday edition of Morning Air on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Many different genres of Christmas music here on Morning Air. Welcome back to the show. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn and Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us on this Tuesday morning here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app, which is six days left until Christmas. It's a joy to be with you, and I hope that by now you are in the Christmas spirit. If you're not, for whatever reason, get into the Christmas spirit with Advent Carols of Comfort and Joy from Relevant Radio, featuring the incredible talents of three young choirs that uh, take you through a musical journey to Christmas and even uh, travel through a brief history of carols with our free daily videos. You can get all these beautiful, joyful carols every single day of these final days of Advent. All you have to do is sign up at Relevant Radio com slash carols. Do it this morning. It's still not too late. That's relevantradio.com slash carols. 
You can send us an email directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. Now, this morning, we're going to continue our weekly series on how to improve your marriage all by yourself without your spouse even knowing what you're doing. Uh, Today, we're going to continue uh, discussing forgiveness in our marriages. Uh, This can be a great uh, Christmas gift uh, for uh, your marriage, and perhaps it's uh, really a good idea to try to practice it uh, all year round, not only during Advent and Christmas. Joining us live this morning from Bristol, Illinois, is licensed marriage and family therapist Doug Hinder with much more on forgiveness, especially in marriage. Doug's passion is working with couples uh, to help them live the married life that God intended from the beginning. He's been married for 43-plus years to his incredible wife, uh, Shirley, who I had a chance to say hello to just the other day. They have nine children and eight grandchildren, and you can always find Doug at Happy Marriage for life.com. Good morning, Doug. Happy Advent. Thanks so much for being with us. It is great to be with you one last time to talk yeah. about marriage, my friend. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good, John. Thanks for having me on. And I think what you said there about Christmas being a good time to practice forgiveness, I think that's a great idea. But I would suggest you buy a gift as well. I, I wouldn't encourage you to go to your wife on Christmas morning and say, my gift to you, sweetheart, is I forgive you. That probably won't work real well. Absolutely. It's not either or, it's both <laughs> no. and. Hey, real quick, uh, yeah. your uh, new show is right around uh, the yeah. the uh, the corner uh, coming up um, next year uh, in yeah. January. you you got to be pretty excited about your new uh, weekend uh, program here on Relevant Radio uh, coming oh, in, in mid-January. Yeah, yeah, I was there. In fact, I was there yesterday kind of rehearsing and figuring out what it's like to sit in your chair, John, uh, with the microphone there, the computer screens, everything. And, and, uh, they told me I did. Okay. So I, there we're going forward with the launch. It's going to be on January 13, 11 AM. Uh, and it's going to be all about marriage and, uh, it'll be a call in show and people will be able to call in, talk about their issues, their struggles or challenges. And, and we'll talk about it. See if we can come up with uh, a way to kind of heal some of the brokenness out there in the world. So I'm really excited about it. And, and I sure hope you at the relevant radio listeners will find some real great value in it as well. Well, I am so uh, happy uh, for you, Doug, and, uh, the world needs a lot more, uh, information and perspective about what marriage really is, uh, all yeah. about. And uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, uh, the, the folks are going to love your show. Well, let's hope. Let's pray. Let's pray for that for there, sure. There That's you go. I'm you will be stuff. at the controls. Yeah. Well, we. <laughs> I need a lot of prayer if that's the case. (laughs) All right. So last week we started talking about forgiveness in marriage, and it really seemed to resonate with a number of our listeners. We got some phone calls. I think you got some emails. Uh, Can you remind us uh, about the importance of of forgiveness, especially here uh, as we get ready uh, for, for Christmas? Yeah. So real briefly, but you know, forgiveness is a commandment from, from God. It's not optional. And, you know, every time we say the, our father, we tell our Lord, forgive us only to the degree we forgive others. And so we need to practice forgiveness and, and it's a choice, right? It's a decision to let go of the anger and the resentment that's just held me prisoner that I can't, uh, that I can't get, uh, I can't get free of, you know, so it's, it's a decision to let go of all of that. Uh, it's an act of the, the, the will overcoming the emotions, the intellect overcoming the emotions. It's an indication of holiness. And, you know, it's not reconciliation. It doesn't guarantee I will be able to reconcile with the person, 
who has hurt me. But you can't reconcile without forgiveness. You can forgive all by yourself, but reconciliation takes both. It's not all or nothing. It's a journey oftentimes, right? And it takes a while to get to the place of forgiveness, and, and that's okay. But it, it's the, the idea, especially this time of year, uh, you know, it, it, it frees us from the slavery of, and the pain of that anger and that resentment. It really liberates us to, to really love the way God wants us to love. So it's really important to be able to forgive those people who hurt us. And, and, you know, and D- Doug, would you say yeah. that that um, forgiveness goes hand in hand with confession? If 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 we oh. have a need for forgiveness, if, if we feel compelled to ask for forgiveness or to forgive, it's it's totally related to the importance of going to confession to have a clean heart Absolutely. before Christmas. Oh my goodness, yeah, for sure. And I, you know, when I start working with couples, if they're Catholic, I. I, I suggest they all get and make a good confession before we start this journey of trying to heal their marriage. Cause you know, marriage is a, is a sacrament. There's grace there. We got to make sure there's nothing getting in the way of the Holy spirit trying to help us heal our marriages. And confession is the way to get that done. And I, I'm a big believer in the power of the sacrament of confession. And I've seen it all by itself, heal a lot of marriages. Want to open up uh, our phone lines because we only have Doug for a limited time here this morning. If you want to share perhaps your own experience of forgiving your spouse or just your thoughts on uh, the importance of saying something as simple as, uh, honey, I am sorry, uh, or even asking for forgiveness yourself. We'd love to hear from you. We're taking your calls for licensed marriage and family therapist Doug Hinder on our Catholic Order of Foresters toll-free line at 888-914-9149. it down, 888-914-9149. All right, Doug, um, I did not know that there is a, uh, a place called the Institutional, excuse me, the International Forgiveness uh, Institute, I, I, I should say, and they, they have some really interesting uh, concepts uh, of, on, on forgiveness. Uh, can you share with us some of the preliminary questions that we need to ask when it comes yeah. to forgiveness? Yeah. I, it, in fact, anybody would like to go out to their website. So they've got lots of free resources to help people. But there's basically five steps that, that, that a person goes through if they want to get to a place of forgiveness. And first is kind of the, uh, you know, the, the basic idea of being who hurt you and what was your pain all about. Then we kind of talk about your anger and your resentment, how that is, is, is deforming your life and hurting you. And then you make the decision to forgive. Then you do the work of the actual work of getting to a place of forgiveness and you get through the forgiveness to the side and then you kind of enjoy the 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 purpose of your life and the freedom in your life so there's these kind of set steps that that a person needs to go through so you know that first one i think john i mean who hurt you how deeply were you hurt focus on what that incident was or the repeated incident sometimes it's a one-time thing sometimes it's just a habit of someone who's just been sarcastic to you for years or puts you down a lot and and I in this step where you and really that someone could be you, right in your own house <laughs> well could be the person you're married to exactly. <laughs> and often it is right and so I recommend you know you, you've got to get real clear on what your pain is and where it's coming from I recommend you write it down and I recommend when you write it down get it on paper you actually are sitting in an adoration chapel I think that's the best place to have these reflective kinds of open thoughts and prayers to really get a clear idea of what's going on. If you can't do that, do it in your bedroom. If you got a crucifix on the wall, that's helpful. A picture of Our Lady, uh, that's all real helpful. But you got to kind of really detail uh, how you're hurt and get it out there so you can really be cognizant of what happened and what that situation was all about. 
So you're suggesting that we, you know, meditate on uh, uh, perhaps uh, how anger is is affecting us, uh, yeah. what it has done to, to us, maybe the resentment oh, we, that we might have deep down inside that we're not even thinking about on a day to day basis. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know what? We carry, we tend to carry the anger and the resentment with us. I mean, we get, we can get paralyzed by resentment. And I've seen that happen in couples where they've been hurt so deeply or for so long that the resentment just paralyzes them and they can't get to forgiveness because they just, but it's like carrying this huge weight, you know, tied around your neck and it's just hard to make pro- progress. And, and it really deforms your, 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 your life. So, you know, uncover your anger. Think about what your anger has cost you, right? Are, is, has your physical health been affected, right? Are you, are you losing sleep? Are you, are you, have you lost your appetite? I, I, you know, do you, do you just obsess about it? Think about this pain all the time. And, you know, is it, changed your life at all i mean are you avoiding family gatherings now because uncle henry will be there and boy i remember that thing you said to me christmas of 2015 and i'm not or you know i i one couple that i work with the wife would wait till the end of the night when it's almost bedtime to actually do the dishes and fold the laundry and straight up the house hoping that by the time she got to the bedroom the husband would be asleep because she was trying to avoid him so much because she had so much anger and resentment so wow. sometimes we just change our life because we can't let go of the anger and the resentment. So it's really good to process it and say, okay, what, what price am I paying in my life for holding on to this anger and this resentment? Okay. So, uh, once uh, we've uh, figured out what it is and you've, uh, processed it, uh, you, you've thought about it, uh, it's, a decision. Forgiveness is yeah. a decision. It doesn't just happen all by itself by accident. Right. Right, exactly right. And I think the better job that we do of really knowing the price I'm paying for holding on to this anger, this resentment, the easier it is for us to say, you know what, I'm tired of living like this. I am tired of having my life deformed because of this anger that I've got. And I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna move to a better, happier place. So now okay, I'm gonna forgive this person. Not because of the person, but because of me, it's going to liberate me. My life will get so much better if I can forgive this person who has hurt me. So I've made the decision. I'm going to forgive this person. Doug, would you say from a Catholic perspective, it takes the grace of God to mm-hmm. make that kind of decision and to, to, to really act on it and really forgive from the heart uh, your, yeah. your loved one, especially your spouse? Yeah, no, I agree, John. I, I think, uh, and I'm sure theologians might disagree with that, but I, to me, this is the most God-like thing we can do. Uh, you know, Christ came to this earth to teach us how to forgive. He didn't remove pain and suffering. He told us how to. He taught us how to forgive it. And you look at the Old Testament. God is forever, you know, forgiving the Israelites. They worship false gods. He brings them back. They they go away. They come back. Forgiveness is what. God is all about. And when we practice forgiveness, I think that's the deepest way that we can imitate our, imitate our Lord and our God. It sounds like it's something that we can actually work on to, to actually learn how to forgive and then to, to put it into practice. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I think um, the, 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 the important work here is to put yourself in the shoes of the offender. And what's going on in that person's life, right? What was that person's childhood like? Did they have any traumas in their life? You know, what's their current life situation? Had they just lost a job? Had they just had a big tragedy? Had they just learned something bad? And I, the saying that we that we hear oftentimes is that 
hurt people hurt people. And so people who have been hurt a lot in their life tend to pass on that hurt sometimes. And if we can put ourselves in that person's shoes, we might understand that, boy, they weren't coming from a place of meanness or or anger at us. They have been hurt a lot in their life, and they don't know how to deal with it either. And they have a lot of anger they've suppressed, and it's come out towards me. But it doesn't mean I'm a bad person. But this person has got some real brokenness in them. And sometimes, boy, you know, if I'd have grown up in that home, if I'd have grown up with that set of parents, I'd have been even worse than, you know, my spouse. I'd have, you know, or if I'd had that terrible thing happen to me. I, there was a woman that I met, a couple I met, and, and her husband was not a nice person. He was a cranky, irritable, ornery guy. And she treated him with the utmost kindness. And I was always in awe of that. And as I got to know him better, I, I found I, I found the story. And the story was he he was at one point a kind and gentle guy. And he was sitting at a red light once and he got rear-ended by a cement truck. And he suffered a traumatic brain injury, which changed his personality. And wow. he was no longer a kind and gentle guy. Um, so on the surface, I looked at that guy and I thought, what a horrible human being you are. You know, I thought, geez, what a jerk. But the reality is there's a real reason why he was that way. And then if we understand why people are the way they are, we can treat them with a lot more compassion. Well, Doug, uh, here, uh, final 30 seconds, uh, your final <laughs> thought of the year on uh, forgiveness. I said, you know what? Practice forgiveness. You will never regret forgiving someone. And I think, John, when my show starts, I think probably the second uh, time we're on, uh, January 20, we're going to dive back into forgiveness. We're going to start with forgiveness because it's so important and it touches so many people's lives and it's something we all need. So we're going to start with forgiveness uh, in January. Well, Doug, uh, many blessings these last few days of Advent and and a Merry Christmas to, to you, Shirley, and the family. Thanks. Thank you for having me on, John. You're the one who kind of launched this thing. So if this show works, you're going to get the credit. If it bombs, you're going to get the credit. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Thanks so much, uh, Doug. Morning Air contributor Doug Hinder, licensed marriage and family therapist. For much more, visit happymarriageforlife.com. And now it's time for another episode of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called The Blankets. From Charlene Spear. In 1965, Charles Schultz, a devout Christian and creator of the Peanuts comic strip, was asked to create a Christmas special for CBS featuring the Peanuts characters. He agreed with one requirement that they allow him to include the story of the birth of Jesus. Although the station's executives were hesitant and tried to convince him otherwise, Schultz was insistent. As a result, for the past 50 plus years, millions of people have watched Charlie Brown Christmas and heard the story of Jesus and what Christmas is all about. It wasn't until a few years back I realized a hidden message in the film. Linus, a child who never seems to be without some insecurities and carries a security blanket with him at all times. In fact, Linus never drops his blanket except once. While sharing the message of what Christmas is all about, Linus drops his blanket at the exact moment he says the words, Fear not. In this seemingly innocent moment, Linus delivers a powerful reminder of the true meaning of Christmas. We are to fear not, for Jesus is born. We needn't rely on material things for security. We have God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the true meaning of Christmas. A while back, someone informed me, indignantly so, that Linus picks up his blanket at the end of the speech, so my interpretation must be wrong. Well, he was right. Linus does pick up his blanket at the end of the speech, 
However, he drops it again later. Amid big, bright, colorful, shiny, artificial trees, Charlie Brown chooses the least of these, a little wooden tree with just a few branches. Shortly thereafter, Linus uses his blanket to wrap about the base of the tree and says, maybe it just needs a little love. In that moment, the tree awakens, stands tall and firm. A reminder that no matter who we are, how many mistakes we've made, a little love make all the difference. Let's strive to fear not and love one another, not just at Christmas time, but the whole year through. From John 13, 34, I give you a new commandment, love one another, as I have loved you, so you also should love one another. Great message uh, from uh, little Linus. As always, thanks so much, uh, Glenn. Coming up uh, next hour here on Morning Air, Catholic Evangelist Martha Fernandez Sardina, the founder of RememberYouAreLove.com, will be with us to remind us that Christmas is coming and Jesus is too. Are you ready? We're going to talk about how to get ready for Christ this Christmas. Plus, our resident Catholic apologist, William Albrecht, uh, will discuss the prophecies of the Messiah, all fulfilled by Christ the Lord. So stay with us. There is much more to come on this Tuesday in the final hour of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.